0: bitch. Rob Marshall, Rob Marshall, Rob Marshall! Oh, we love a Rob Marshall film here on Mainfeed! Yes, we do. Oh, he's such a good maker of musical adaptations. He really is. This is number three? I feel like. Like, That he's been with us here for? Oh, man. Guys, Rob Marshall just Knows what he's doing. (laughs) Production, casting. We always say you can't, you can have great casting or great production, but you can't have both. You can with Rob Marshall. Absolutely. Always can with Rob Marshall. Robert. (laughs) Guys, aren't you excited to not talk about a brutal content? (laughs) You have no idea. Happy. Pride Month, now that it's almost <laughs> over. Sorry all the coverages were brutal. That was my fault, mostly. It was, but... Uh, I it, pushed her into them. It's okay, though. <laughs> it's okay, because we are in our element today. Uh, broke back. J. 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 Edgar, Edgar. Philadelphia. No, guys. Like she just said, we are in our element, in our wheelhouse, captaining the ship where we belong. <laughs> I'm your first mate. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm the first mate on this really gay showboat. Because, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're doing a musical. Oh, I can't wait. Welcome back Kicking and Streaming, where oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, we both, oh yes, we both, oh yes, we both reach for the mic, the mic, the mic, the mic. Oh yes, we both reach for the mic, for the mic. (laughs) That was good. Is that too much? No, that was amazing. Do you need me to do it again? No. That was perfect. Who are you? I am Carrie. I am Ross. And this week... We are covering the 2002 film adaptation of *Candor and Ebb's Chicago. Oh, it's finally gay. <laughs> Not that the last three haven't been gay, but this one's super gay. <laughs> Hi, girly pops. Hi, Lil Onions. Welcome oh back God. to the best coverage of June. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say the most fun coverage of Welcome June. Welcome to our most funnest coverage of June. <laughs> funnest? Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> Oh, my God. Is this the equivalent of be gay, do crime? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Oof. Um... Uh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at KickingAndStreamingPodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing those three R's in the month of June. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. Folks, we want everyone to come and join our little queer watch party. Ross, tell them about the Patreon. Guys, there has never been a better time to give us your money. For just $5 a month, you too can be a little onion contributor at the $5 level, guys. You're getting access to all of our bonus content, all of our television coverage, all of our long-form coverage. We did 50 bajillion episodes of Netflix's The Haunting of Hill House and HBO's John Adams. We did every single episode. They're all waiting for you over there. Just go become a little onion contributor at the $5 level. If you sign up right now, you'll get, like, at least 10-plus hours of coverage. It's all over there, guys. Not to mention all of our stupid little quiz shows when we don't know what to cover and... <laughs> and if you want access to our full catalog of main feed goodness, that's every episode we've ever released on main feed, you go on over to our Podbean page. There you can get a custom RSS link and listen to any player of your choosing. All right. Are you ready to hit him with that old razzle-dazzle? Marshall, Rob Marshall! Rob, why are you so good to us, Rob? Oh, I swear, guys. A flash
1: of leg. The taste of temptation. The smell of corruption. And things that go bump in the night. So I your hair and wear your buckle shoes. And all that jazz.
2: Velma has it.
1: I'm going to brand you start to do that. Yeah! Roxy wants it. All my life, I wanted to have my own act. That's
2: great, I'll be in touch. You know I'm not quite finished yet.
1: Face it Roxy, you ain't never gonna have an act.
2: You got connections.
1: I would have said anything to get a piece of that. Yes! <laughs> what you need is Billy Frank.
2: He's never lost a case.
1: Billy
3: can fix it. My client feels that it was the combination of liquor and jazz which led to her downfall. Hey,
1: Mama! You're the Velma um, Kelly. I was there the night that you got arrested. Yeah, you and half of Chicago. You couldn't buy that kind of publicity. But in a city where everyone loves a legend, there's only room for one. it was some advice? Keep your paws off my lawyer.
3: Sweetest little jazz killer ever to hit Chicago. That's the angle I'm after. You were in the paper
2: today, too. In the back, with the obituaries.
3: They love me. They love you a lot more if you're a hang. You know why? Because there's no more papers. That's Chicago.
1: Yes. <laughs> Catherine Zeta <Cedar> Jones. <laughs> Zellweger all...
2: and Richard gear.
3: Are you guilty or not guilty? You... Don't you want to take my picture? Yeah.
1: Good night, folks.
0: That Chicago. Guys, this show ha- is almost a hundred years old. Believe it or not, in its original inception, as a matter of fact, this play turns 99. This whole story turns 99 this year. Oh, I, wow. I know. As ma- well... 97, but, you know, I can't do math. <laughs> because, guys, we're talking about a musical satire of the jazz age, specifically in Illinois in the 1920s. But, you know, Chicago, it wasn't the biggest jazz town back in the day, but it was one of them. Yeah, it was. If it was a city, probably had a lot of jazz influence. <laughs> also, jazz was uh, created by black people. Yeah, never forget that. Uh, and people of color, just uh, just never forget. This film adaptation is obviously of Candor and Ebb's Chicago. That's John Kander and Fred Ebb. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. (laughs) I think Bob Fosse directed and choreographed the original Broadway production of Chicago in 1975. Hello. I know. But wouldn't you know, it only ran for two years. You're shitting me. And it wasn't a huge hit at the time. Wow. It was based off of a play from 1926 called Chicago. It is a satire of two actual murder cases in Chicago in the 1920s. It was written by Maureen Dallas Watkins, written by a woman. Hey! I know. It's based off of the two unrelated 1924 court cases involving Beulah Annan and Belva Gartner. They were both acquitted of murder that same year.
2: Wow. Because everybody
0: was freaking out like, oh, it's the first time we've ever hung a woman in Illinois. Oh, no! But then they both got off, and it was like, Yeah. yeah, I know. Wow. Maureen Dallas Watkins is echoed as... As a character herself, because not only was she a playwright, but she was a journalist.
2: Hey. At the time, you know
0: which character I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she wrote for the Chicago Tribune, and she covered both of those murder trials. Guys, the thing about Fossey is he's just so Fossey that it hurts. <laughs> Fossey's marriage of. Cabaret and burlesque and modern dance into all of his works. I mean, Bob Fosse and Hal Prince; those are the names in late 20th century Broadway. Yeah, baby. You know, they and they gave us Liza Minnelli. Mm-hmm. They gave us. And ranking, mm. they gave us Gwen Verdon and Cheetah Rivera and all of these stars. Like, and they are all serving. I know. And Candor and Ebb, they did Cabaret. Mm-hmm. They did Chicago. They did New York, New York. Like, it's all of that. It's it's just very Minnelli. It's very Liza Minnelli. Their <laughs> body of work. Liza Minnelli was. Fred Ebb's prodigy, yeah, as a lyricist, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if he he she was his muse, like maybe I know. And John Cander,
3: <laughs>
0: you <laughs> have got it. Oh my god, I, I can't qualify it necessarily, but it is the greatness of meta jazz. <laughs>
2: meta jazz, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right?
0: <laughs> this movie made over 250 million dollars. <gasps> I know. I know. It's Miramax. Boo. As I know, I know. <laughs> not the Weinstein. But guys, this movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture. I don't think a movie musical has won for that since 2002. I really thought it was going to be Les Mis in 2012. And then fucking Argo. Yeah. Fuck you, Ben Affleck. I'm still mad about You're it. You're not that good. <laughs> um. Well, remember when they announced La La Land? as best picture and they thought that was gonna do it but no it was Moonlight <laughs> they're dumb asses <laughs> no guys it was Moonlight you actually won that was one of the most awkward and hilarious moments to witness live on television poor Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling <laughs> she, yeah she won the Oscar that year for her performance in La La Land never saw La La Land probably won't <laughs> it can't be that good <laughs> Not saying they're not good performers. I just That's all I'm saying. No. Oh, no. I'm so dragging you to Barbie in July. I, that's fine. <laughs> For Ryan Gosling. That is completely fine. <laughs> the last Best Picture winner that was a movie musical was Oliver in 1968. Wow! I know. I know. Wow. The original run of the musical closed after two years, mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily popular. If you know anything about America in the 1970s, crime <laughs> was hot in real life and not, like, le jazz hot, like they'd like you to believe in the musical. No, it was, like, true crime serial killer. And I don't think audiences really appreciated the glamorization of murderesses in the time. And so that's why I don't—that's my opinion as to why the run wasn't as long, because— This is admittedly a fantastic musical, Mm -hmm. but it didn't run very long the first time around. It had Gwen Verdon and Cheetah Rivera, originating Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly, respectively. But not until 1996, very good year. (laughs) It was the year you were born. Was Chicago afforded a Broadway revival. And guys, the Broadway revival of Chicago is still running to this day. You're kidding. I believe that it is currently... The longest running musical on Broadway. Because officially at this point... Because now Phantom's been closed. Yeah. And Chicago was right after them. And then it's The Lion King and Wicked. They're all still on Broadway. Oh, wow. And 1996, again... No, Chicago... The the Broadway revival of Chicago, the 1996 revival starring Anne Rand King and Baby Newworth. (gasps) Baby Newworth! (laughs) Who has been with us on main feed when we covered Jumanji. Because she's the aunt in Jumanji. (laughs) Also, the fact that they allowed Anne Ranking to be in the Broadway revival despite her age. Yeah. She was in her 40s when she played Roxy Hart. Yes, baby! And I'm like, yes! (laughs) But that revitalized the interest in candor and ebb pieces. And like I said, the rest is history. As a matter of fact, it only took them six years to make a film adaptation. (laughs) It was that successful. You know it won best. You know it won Best Revival at the Tony Awards in 1997. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You might have guessed it, but we've got names. A lot of returning players. Yeah, almost all of them, actually. Portraying Roxy Hart. A housewife wishing to be a vaudevillian. (laughs) We have the one, the only, welcome her back, Renee Zellweger. She was with us when we covered Judy. This is so surprising. Really? She does an amazing job. I really think the star power she brings to this is what got her Judy in 2019. Yes, obviously she was with us when we did Judy. Guys, she's Bridget fucking Jones. She won. Uh, She's actually a two-time Oscar winner. Hey! Because she won I thought she won for this, which I would have voted for her. Like, yeah. I thought she did a great job. But, you know, she won for Cold Mountain in 2003 or, well, 2004. But then she won again for Judy. Obviously, she won Best Actress. She's Bridget Jones. The thing about Pam. Oh no. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Next Generation. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Nurse Betty. Renee, you're weird. We love that you're here. Thank you for keeping it, (laughs) Camp Queen. We love you. Portraying Velma Kelly, a charismatic vaudevillian turned murderess. (sighs) Please welcome her back to kicking and streaming. We have the one, the only, The quiver-inducing. Stop! Catherine Zeta-Jones! I need a towel! I know! (laughs) Uh, Oh my god, guys, you know she's Welsh. Is she really? Yeah, she's Welsh. She was in the original West End casts of Annie. Yes. And Bugsy Malone. Hello. And 42nd Street. She was with us when we covered The Haunting. Yes, yes, back. uh, It was like two. Was that two? No, that was last. Was it really last year? It was last year. I hate time. (laughs) Guys, Mask of Zorro, Entrapment. Not to mention she won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for her role as Velma Kelly. You better believe it! You know how many friggin' notes I have about her performance? I know. Baby! Also, she's Morticia Adams in Wednesday right now. Um, I've not watched it yet, but, uh... I I don't think you can. We don't have enough towels. (laughs) There aren't enough towels in your house. (laughs) Mommy, sorry. Mommy, sorry. sorry. (laughs) Mommy, sorry. Portraying Billy Flynn, the duplicitous, greedy, smooth-talking lawyer. This is the part where Ross needs a towel. Also, the star of the show, in my opinion. (laughs) Carrie, he has the most... Solos. I know. He has the most songs, more than the main two. I know. I don't get it. Anyway, please welcome to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Richard Gear. Richard is the only member of our main cast who is not returning to Kicking and Streaming. He was probably one of the biggest draws for audiences when this came out. I bet. Because it's Richard fucking Gear. American Gigolo, (laughs) Richard Gear. Yeah, no. And like, pretty woman, Richard Gear. Who famously closed the jewelry boxes case on julia roberts fingers and people went to see this in theaters and said oh my god he can sing and dance we had no idea and i don't know about no idea but at the same time yeah kind of (laughs) people were in awe of his performance in this movie and i think he was nominated for an oscar like pretty woman primal fear runaway bride that other wedding movie (laughs) with julia roberts Looking for Mr. Goodbar, Days of Heaven. Yes, American Gigolo. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> Not only is Richard Gere incredibly sexy, <laughs> even at the tender age of 50-whatever that he is in this movie, <laughs> but Billy Flynn. Yeah? I want to be Billy Flynn in this show. <laughs> I don't think I'm good-looking enough, but like... You've got the energy. I've got the energy to do If I was going to be anybody, I mean, I'd probably get cast as Amos. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, I probably, not this, your cellophane. I'd probably get cast as a John C. Riley character, but I would love to be Billy. He's my fave. Mm. He's my absolute fave. He gets all the good songs. <laughs> like, well, not that the others don't have good songs. It's just he has the best songs, you all know. Right. Move on. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Richard, call me girl. Like, uh... Please welcome back to Kicking and streaming as Matron Mama Morton, the corrupt but nurturing matron of the Cook <laughs> County Jail. Please welcome her back, Queen Latifah. Girl, I love ya. She has been with us a couple of times. She was with us when we did Hairspray because she's Motormouth Maybell, and she was with us when we covered Valentine's Day. Neil Twinzinga. Neil Twinzinga. <laughs> so good. I love her. It is so good. Guys, you know about the beauty shop. Yeah, you know about the Queen Latifah show? No, we, we, we love Queen Latifah on this podcast. If anyone says anything, anything that might slander or libel her, you will see us in court. And if, Billy Flynn will be representing us. If anyone says anything about my girl Dana Owens, we are coming Dana for you. Dana Owens. That's her real name. I know, I know. Also living single. Hey, Living Single! Living Single! It's so good, (laughs) (laughs) Carrie. Oh my God! Not to mention uh, Joyful Noise and Ice Age. Ooh, Ice Age. Remember when she voiced the character in Ice Age? The female mammoth, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Please welcome back to kicking and streaming as Amos Hart, Roxy's naive and simple-minded but devoted husband, (laughs) who turns her in at the drop of a (laughs) pin... Please welcome back John C. Riley. He's been with us a couple of times. He was with us when we covered Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. One of my favorite shows we've done. Indeed. He was also with us when we covered The Hours. The Hours. That's right. Yeah, he's Richard in The Hours. Talladega Nights, Step Brothers. He's fucking Wreck-It Ralph, guys. Yeah, baby. You know him. You love him. Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh my Which, goodness! Who isn't in the MCU at this point? Exactly. As Mary Sunshine, a sensationalist reporter, we have Queen Christine Baranski. She's been with us before. She was. She's guys. She was with us when we covered the Birdcage. Mm-hmm. She was with us when we covered how the Grinch stole Christmas. She is Martha May Huvier. Betty. Hi, Hi! Martha. <laughs> Mama Mia. Into the woods. Mama Mia, here we go, go again. again. Yep. <laughs> I'm Christine Varansky, you are a treasure and we love that you're around. Please welcome back to Canadian Streaming as our band leader at the Onyx Club. Ooh. We have Mr. Tay Diggs. He was with us when we covered rent. He was also in the OBC of Rent, the original Broadway cast. Um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. How oof. Stella got her groove back. Best man. I might need another towel. He was on the Adina Menzel show for over 10 years. Because <laughs> they were married. They were married, no. Yeah. It, can you imagine if Adina Menzel had a show, though? I would watch. <laughs> it's, remember when Cher had her variety show? Yeah. I would love that. Guys, it's jazz, it's burlesque. It's time. It's time. <laughs> Guys, obviously, being theater kids, we've grown up with this with, with this score. We know these songs. This is quite literally the first time carrie Ann and I have ever seen the movie. Yeah, I've never seen the whole thing with context. We've never watched it from beginning to end this way, and it's honestly not excusable. We actually had to turn in our gay cards. Like, <laughs> we don't get them back for a year. Ross, I say! Solos from this score. And I can't believe they let you. I can't either. I could not believe our high school administration, our music department, allowed you <laughs> to sing at the ripe age of 18 <laughs> when you're good to mama. To a theater full of not just our family and friends, but the entire community of Greenfield, Indiana. We'll come back to it. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We'll come back to it. Uh, uh, Everyone's family and friends. One of my favorite things about this uh, adaptation of this stage show is the way that we are constantly going back and forth stylistically between what is happening in the real world and what I consider to be happening Inside of Roxy's head. No, yeah, it's much the same way that the staged performance is done, is that you have what's actually happening, but then when we have to explain the narrative, we are taken in, you know, to the onyx for them to put on a number about what's happening, specifically in the moment, yeah, you baby. know? Yeah, mm-hmm. At the beginning, like you just said, we are at a theater called The Onyx. And uh, The Onyx at present has a major headliner act headed up by... Velma and Veronica Kelly, mm-hmm. who are famous nightclub singers. It's 1920, whatever the hell. We're in Chicago, which means wild onion. I did not know that. <laughs> that's what Chicago means. In the in the Ojibwe language, that's what Chicago means. Hello, all my wild little onions! Oh, yeah! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my god. And the manager of the Onyx is wanting to know where the top act is. The Kelly sisters are M-I-A. Yes. They're going on any moment. And Velma Kelly rolls up in a car by herself.
1: Now, where you been? Where's Veronica? She's not a self tonight. But they paid to see a sister at Don't sweat it. I can do it alone.
0: Velma is showing up solo. To this call time, this very late call time. No, Veronica. No, Veronica. Veronica's not feeling herself tonight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh. put a pin in that. (laughs) And guys, we've been hearing the overture up to this point, but now we're officially going into the opening number, one of the most famous numbers from this show, All That Jazz. Come
1: on, baby. Why well, don't we paint the town? And all that jazz I'm gonna rouge my knees And roll my stockings
0: down And all that jazz Velma goes out on stage All by herself The band leader's like, uh, where's your sister? <laughs> and Ross, um I need a glass of water uh, I know, and a towel And it like And your smelling salts like Catherine Zeta-Jones has no business being this hot and this talented at the same time. You're yelling at me. I know. (laughs) I feel very intensely about this. I understand. I also have big feelings. Because it's not just about the Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's about the floodlights. It's about the music. It's about the fussy, fussy, fussy. (laughs) And the fashion, fashion, fashion. Uh, And the rub-marshall, rub-marshall, (laughs) rub-marshall. We are at like an 11. I'll just say that Rob Marshall has done Annie, uh-huh. which we did here on main feed. I will say that Rob Marshall did the film adaptation of Into the Woods. Oh, yeah. I will say that Rob Marshall did Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella's film adaptation, which we've done here on main feed. We love Rob Marshall. Carrie, he directed Memoirs of a Geisha. I can't wait to cover that which movie. Which is not even a musical. It's one of my favorite movies. Elsewhere in the audience, chorus girl Roxy Hart is watching Velma's solo performance. I think she's a little drunk. Uh, You do? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I, I I think she's feeling a little warm. The way she's just staring at Velma like, God, why isn't it me? Yeah, I can tell from the look in her eyes. She wants to be Velma. She wants it so desperately she can taste it. And recently, Roxy has cozied up with Fred Casely, who is a local furniture salesman. And deadbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. he He is an ass. He has like a wife and five children somewhere else. You fucking sleaze. And he's playing footsie with Roxy because Roxy thinks that he knows somebody in the club, like a manager or a higher up who might be able to get her into the show. And he's completely exploiting her for that reason, right? And unfortunately, Fred is mostly jawline and no sizzle. But I didn't even meet your friend, that, that manager guy. Don't worry,
1: Roxy. It's all taken care of. You told
0: him about me?
1: Yeah, kid. It's all arranged.
0: They go back to Roxy's apartment to play slap and tickle. And this is the point where I'm realizing Roxy is married. She's married to John C. Riley Amos, right? Exactly. When they're like fumbling on the bed and she's like, clumsily flipping down her wedding photo. Oh, no, no. I love this sequence <laughs> with the fucking interspersed with the burlesque. Like, <laughs> Yeah, baby. It's so... It's not even gay, but it still is. <laughs> because I'm putting myself in Roxy Hart's shoes so that I, too, can get railed by Dominic West. No! I'd also fuck Amos. I, we'll get back to I it. I bet it'd be sweet. Oh! I'm sorry, just saying. It would be like making love as opposed to screwing. Yeah, no, I make love with Amos, but I fuck Fred, you know? Oh, no! <laughs> And so Fred is washing up. He's putting on his clothes, and like he—he's trying to leave. He knows Velma somehow, right? I don't know that he does. Well, yeah, well, it's like Roxy keeps like getting on his ass, like, "Oh, you—you you need to introduce me to your friend so I could get introduced to Velma Kelly, so that I can you know, be on the stage." You but know? the thing is, is that Fred doesn't actually know anybody. Yeah, because he's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> you know, like a lie. <laughs> he's been lying to her this whole time. He never knew anybody from the Onyx. He just wanted some 23 Skadoos. Yeah, no, he definitely just wanted Roxy. And I mean, can you blame him? She's a cute little number. She is. I'm not, I don't mean to objectify, but like. <laughs> it's okay. She's about to do something horrible. She... <laughs> 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 and like, as he's leaving, she goes into the top drawer of the dresser and pulls out a revolver and caps his ass. Wait! Your husband will be home soon. Why don't you
1: watch yourself when you go hitting those sheets again?
0: You're a liar!
1: Okay, yeah, so what?
0: <laughs> you lied
2: to me! You uh, lied That's me life, sweetheart,
1: that's a life! life. you son of a bitch! you son of a
0: bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Shoots him mick-dad. <laughs> D-E-D-dad. And we cut to her husband, Amos, completely taking the rap for her shooting him. What a nice husband. Stop. <laughs> sorry. This is not a good thing because obviously he came home from wherever he was and she lied to him about the situation. Justice for Amos? Yeah, no kidding. I'm ju- That's all I'll say, like... Amos is about the only person in this narrative I actually feel sorry for. I know. With one exception, and we'll get back to it later. As he's feeding the cops a complete lie... We go into funny honey.
1: Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong,
0: but he doesn't
1: care. He'll along. He loves me so, that funny honey of mine.
0: This is the thing about Roxy. I want to like her. I do too. So badly. Very badly. I can't. Me either. I can't. Because, you know, she's starting out with this, you know, uh, ingenuine almost little number. Like, she's just being very cheeky. That's what I wrote. I I would love to have a (laughs) private thought. (laughs) There's a cheekiness to this song that I find really repulsive. It's almost like she's proud of herself for having this man so completely snowed, so in love with her that he'll cop to murder that she did just to preserve her. Yeah. The thing is, is that once Amos learns that the deceased is Fred Casely who he knows by name, he sold them their furniture. Uh-huh. Once he realizes that she's lied to him, he starts singing like a canary. Uh, no, it's the way the song changes, because <laughs> she's like, my funny honey, I love him so much, my sweet, and then she's like, That's he's a fucking rat! He's <laughs> an asshole! <laughs> Look at him go, that ratting little
1: trend. on me, she's with two me, huh? one more brain, well, what a how Working my butt off 14 hours a day, and she's We're up there munching my bob and twine. trapping around like some goddamn floozy. I thought you could pull the wall of my eyes, That's huh? I wasn't yummy, born yet. Crummy, I tell you that some things I am made this kid, and this I'll time she pushed me
0: too far. Boy, what a sap I was. So the cops place Roxy under arrest for murder. And the moment she's in cuffs, the press is already ravenous. Everybody wants a picture of the pretty murderess, right? Because mm-hmm. like we kind of talked about this in J. Edgar, how this was the time of the gangster, of the bank robber, of the killer, of the outlaw. A little before that, but it, it was is a little before starting that. Starting to get hot. Yeah, and so yeah, she's obviously a hot ticket item as a female murderess, allegedly.
3: Allegedly
0: down to the cook county jail we go roxy is strip searched given a uniform sat down with the other new inmates to meet the matron who is basically the hgic the head guard in charge right yes and that woman on the bench next to her is cheetah rivera the og velma oh my god i know i'm loving it ever had morton before
2: she's fine long as you keep her happy and
1: then
0: does the tweaking uh, motion with her fingers. I th- You're saying tweaking as in the nips. I think she's doing like the money symbol. Oh. The money gesture. It's honestly either or. <laughs> what I love about this movie and how it is uh, staged or I, I don't know how else to say it. Is that Roxy just always seems to be dissociating. She's a murderer. Well, yeah, but, but They like, love to dissociate those murderers. She's always dissociating to this place where the entire world is a nightclub and she's the star of everything. See, I love this because it's like true crime and theater get married. It's the perfect cross-section for the you and I. I. It really is. Like, Oh, man. And now,
1: ladies and gentlemen, the keeper of the keys,
0: the countess
1: of the clink, the mistress of murderer's row, matron Mama Morton,
0: And we have the band leader again in voiceover. Yeah, I know every time every time Roxy dissociates, <laughs> we get we go back to the onyx where she'd rather be. You're right. That's where she is in her head mm-hmm. all the time. Is at the onyx performing her opinions about <laughs> her life.
1: Yes, any of the Chickies in my pen. They'll tell you I'm the biggest mother hen i love them all and all of them love me because the system works the system called
0: reciprocity queen Latifa is here as matron mama morton to explain the concept of a prison economy her prison economy <laughs> oh no at the cook county jail i love this song but the whole idea of getting sexually assaulted if you don't keep the matron happy... I thought the point was they sexually satisfy her to keep the matron happy. Yeah, but that's also a form of extortion and imbalance of power, and it's basically yeah, sexual Yeah, no, it assault. is It is really gross, isn't it? Yeah. But we love it. Because the fit is to die for in the nightclub parts. Uh, I know, I know. She is fallen out of that dress, and I'm girl, yes! <laughs> Got a little motto.
1: Always sees me through When you're good to mama Mama's good to you You might think I'm here to make your life a living hell it's just not true There's a lot of favors I'm prepared to do You do one for mama She'll do one for you I'd Like to be a friend if you let me So if there's something that upsets you Or makes you unhappy in any way Don't shoot your fat ass mouth off to me because I don't give a shit. Now move it out.
0: Can you believe they let me sing this for my senior solo? I I really can't. You put in for mama, she'll put out for you. The lyrics of this song are so sexually explicit and my choir director only made me change one verse which was? it was when you're stroking mama mama's stroking you she made me change it to when you row with mama, m- you, m- mama mama's rowing, rowing with you, you or it, mama rows with you it, yeah. yeah it didn't even make a lot of metrical sense but <laughs> when she's interspersed talking with her during the number and so she's like now I want to make you feel at home here so if there's anything you need shut your fat ass up cause I don't give a shit move out <laughs> I love mama, but I also don't like Mama. I know no, she's she's part of the problem. Like can we talk about my favorite lyric? What? They
1: say the life is tin tech, and that's the way I live. So I
0: deserve a lot of tech for what I've got to give. Period. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Mama takes Roxy down to Murderous Row, where obviously <laughs> is all- Is it nicer? It... <laughs> Roxy asks. <laughs> That's where all of the women who are on trial for murder are being kept. And Velma Kelly is also being housed down here. Velma Kelly? You are the Velma Kelly. Do you know I was there that night? I was there the night that you got arrested. Yeah, you and
1: half of Chicago. Look at this, Mama. Oh. An editorial denouncing me in Red Book Magazine. Not in memory do we recall so fiendish and horrible a double homicide. Mm. Baby, you couldn't buy that kind of publicity.
0: Guys, the night that Roxy saw her at the Onyx was also the same night that she was arrested for the alleged murder of not only her husband, her sister, Veronica. That's why Veronica wasn't there for the Kelly Sisters Act. Because she oh. wasn't feeling up to it that night. <laughs> she was Quite literally. Dead. She was dead. She was dead. She'd been murdered. And- Go- oh, Carrie. Roxy and Vilma committed their murders on the same night. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Just saying. Just saying. So it's lights out on Roxy's first night in the clink. She's cold. She's sad. She's, She's despairing. Yeah. And uh, Ross... You know this is my favorite song. It's everybody's. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we begin the opening notes of the cell block tango. It's the drip of the faucet. Mm -hmm. And then people clinking on the bars. Top. Six. Squish. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Cicero. Lipschitz. And the way she just walks out of her cell sits down at a table as though she's in the onyx <laughs> and lets the whole number unfold in front of her just mesmerized. All of the murderesses are gearing up for a full-blown tango number. Not an actual tango number. I don't think anybody actually tangos in this movie but that is the audio vibe. Everyone, and... the lady's very pretty. Oh, <laughs> the lady's very pretty. Get me a towel. <laughs> the black lingerie, the fishnets, the prison bars. He had Are All the other murderesses are explaining what they're in for, right? You guessed it, right? Yeah, no, th- each and every one of them have murdered a man who they thought did them wrong. Listen, some of them are justified, some of them are just not. I think most of them are not justified, to be quite honest. No, yeah, you're right. None of them are justified. (laughs) At least based on the way they explain it. Yeah. You know, and so, like, yeah, it's just, it's such a vibe. What's your favorite one? Oh, no, June is my favorite. June is always my favorite. No, I'm standing in the kitchen, carving up the chicken for dinner, minding my own business, in storms my husband Wilbur in a jealous rage.
1: You've been screwing the milkman, he said. He was crazy. And he kept on screaming, you've been screwing the milkman. And then he ran into my knife. He ran into
0: my knife ten times. He ran into my knife. Mine too! He ran into my knife ten times! Oh, oh yes! Because each one of those murderesses, they're a little, you know, they're a little vignette of American women, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you have the immigrant. You know, you have the woman who can only sing in Hungarian. (laughs) Oh, no. Wait a minute. Yeah. We have to stop on that for a second. What? Because all of these women who are stepping up and being like, yeah, I shot him. (laughs) Choking on a cigarette. Yeah. What of it? Yeah. The only person on Murderous Row who is insistent that she is innocent of the crime is Katalin Helinski. She's the only one who's like, no, really, guys, I did not do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm completely innocent. Everybody else is just kind of tongue-in-cheek like, maybe I did it maybe I didn't who cares and the thing is is that guys that will eventually come to a horrific end yeah and it f- it makes me feel horrible because she's an immigrant mm-hmm. she can't speak English you have the American immigrant you have a black woman you know you have a, you have a housewife or two you know but Velma's verse is obviously the most iconic right because mm-hmm. Velma you know prior to murdering her sister and husband, You know, they traveled around the country together. Charlie, her husband, would go with her and her sister. And one night, they were in the hotel Cicero. Mm -hmm. And she went out to get ice. And when she came back, she caught her husband and her sister in the act. Doing number 17, the Spread Eagle. Well, I was in such a state
1: of shock. I completely blacked out. I can't remember a thing. It wasn't until later... When I was washing the blood off my hands, I even knew they were dead. They had it coming!
0: I'm actually afraid of Catherine Zeta-Jones in this number. As you should be. There's something about her eyes. I know. That scares the shit out of me. I know. Mark mark me down as both horny and terrified. (laughs) They had it coming! That dirty bum. bum. Bum, bum, bum. Also clearly living a different kind of life in prison. She is receiving special treatment because she's already a celebrity. What else is fucked? No. Yeah, like she doesn't have to wear the traditional outfit, the uniform. She gets to wander around in lingerie. And Roxy, realizing that you know she's in a very similar situation to Velma, is trying to ask her for advice about her case. Mm-hmm. But as far as Velma's concerned, she's not worth the shit on her heel. She's a little nobody. Yeah, and like Velma snubs her. She's like, keep your hands off my underwear. Yeah, no, and she tries to do her laundry <laughs> for her so that she'll listen to her. <laughs> And Mama tells Roxy that if she really wants to escape the noose, she's going to have to hire one of Chicago's hottest attorneys. Quite literally. Uh, did you... <laughs> I know he's old. You know Richard Gere is old? <sighs> well, when has that ever precluded anybody from finding another person attractive? I am... <laughs> Yourself I am not respecting the pouch <laughs> on this one. Ah! No, hold I'm on. I'm gonna blow it up and flatten it. Like a Capri Sun? That's what I just said. I'm not respecting the pouch. <laughs> Respect on this the one. pouch. Respect it. No, I won't. This takes us into All I Care About Is Love. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the silver tongued prince of
1: the courtroom, the one, the only,
0: Billy Flynn.
3: I don't care about expensive things, cashmere coats, diamond ring, don't mean a thing. All I care about is
0: love, that's, that's what, what I'm for. Singing is not one of the talents I would have ascribed to Richard Gear, but here we are. Uh. <laughs> he's so good. No, He put in a lot of good work. To prepare for this performance Richard Gere sings and dances Sees America (laughs) And this song is so indulgent Billy bending over Backwards insisting on How simple he is And how he doesn't really care about The flash and the glitz and the money And the glamour Which is actually all he cares about It is. But what is he telling us here (laughs) I don't care for any Fine attire Vanderbilt Might admire,
3: no no, not me. All I care about is love.
0: All the chorus girls fawning over him. I'm one of them. I know you are. He is very handsome. He's a very expensive mouthpiece, right? Yeah. He's never lost a case. He's never lost a case. Ever! I'm so horny for that. I- I, stop. Sorry. So, of course, Roxy wants him as her lawyer, but he can't she can't get him to give her the time of day right yeah no <laughs> he, he's like who are you whatever whoever give that- me five thousand uh, dollars <laughs> and I'll represent you <laughs> dude the way this song gets real magic mic near the end don't I can't I don't I... <laughs> when, when, is, when, when the undies come off at the end yeah when Richard Gere is strutting down stage peeling off his suspenders and then the tearaway pants I yelled
3: no no not me <laughs> All I care about ¿Qué
0: Yes. Stop. Oh, stop it. Sorry. That's disgusting. I, mm. <laughs> yeah guys, we're we're feral on this one. <laughs> we are feral on this recording, sorry to tell you. We gotta try and keep each other uh clean. <laughs> <laughs> Not the cat Yelp. Pops? <laughs> like. Oh, man. Billy is Velma's lawyer, and for the low, low price of $5,000, he can be your lawyer too, Roxy. <laughs> That's an awful lot of money. It is. <laughs> but, like, she's not entirely sure where she's going to get that money, so she gets Amos, her husband, to start scraping that money together. All right, Amos, you put me here, get me some money. And, like, he put her here? Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, well, she put her here. <laughs> And Billy makes him work for it, too, right? Yeah. Because, like, he only shows up with three grand. He's two grand short. And the thing is is that he makes this big show out of being like, well, I can't possibly, for this amount of money, represent your wife. And then as Amos is leaving, he's like, no, 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 I'll do no, it. No, I
3: like your spirit. I like how loyal you are to your <laughs> wife. Now, look, hot. I don't like to blow my own horn but believe me if jesus christ had lived in chicago today and if he had five thousand dollars and he'd come to me things would have turned out differently all right this is what we're Um, gonna do by the end of the week i'm gonna have roxy's name in the front page of every newspaper in town sweetest little jazz killer ever to hit chicago
0: that's the angle i'm after Billy is more of a public relations expert than a lawyer, in my opinion. he he belongs in marketing. He He, does. He belongs in marketing, like... He knows that part of the success of these trials is getting the sympathy of the public. Not unlike show business, right? Oh, you mean manipulating a trial? Yeah. Oh, you you mean unbalancing the scales oh you mean trial by media oh god no don't say the quiet part out loud that's it that is quite literally it if the audience doesn't like the star why would they care Mm -hmm. yeah and so he's rewriting roxy's story to make her this like Pollyanna-type ingenue who came from a rural background, no family, no money, who got swept up in the big city, liquor and jazz music, and it all corrupted her. Because that's what everybody was afraid of in these times, right? No, well, well. Rural America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rural America. Yeah, they, the they, most they were afraid of the jazz and the liquor and the drugs, and yeah. And I gotta hand it to Billy. It's an effective narrative. I and
3: mean, of course, you got all swept up in the mad whirl of the city jazz, cabarets, liquor. You were drawn like a moth to the flame. A moth. And now the mad whirl has ceased, and you are a butterfly crushed on the wheel. So
1: which is, it? Is, it, is it the moth or the butterfly?
3: You have sinned
0: and you are sorry. God, that's beautiful.
3: Cut out God. Stay
0: where you're better acquainted. Take God out of it. (laughs) Ross! Ross! Pick Uh, your panties up off the floor. I can't. The thing is is that Billy's kind of pulling double duty now. He's representing both Velma and Roxy. And we see Billy losing interest in Velma as a moneymaker. Oh no, shiny new thing has arrived in Cook County Jail. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that was, More of a Marilyn, less of a Jackie. Oh, you, you're right! You know what I'm saying? And even Velma is coming up to Roxy and being like, Look, girl.
1: Don't forget, Billy Flynn's number one client is Billy Flynn. Meaning what? Meaning,
0: don't let him hog the spotlight. You're the one they pay to see. Billy Flynn's number one client is Billy Flynn. Yeah, no, remember that. Don't let him steal the spotlight. But guess what, guys? He totally tries to. Yeah, no, he definitely does. Because Billy is holding a press conference for Roxy on the courthouse steps, the most dangerous place to be in any police procedural. Indeed, indeed. Somebody's (laughs) getting shot one way or another. (laughs) And all of the press is here, including Queen Christine Baranski. As you m- sing it every time. I do. I love it. It's so appropriate. Queen Christine Baranski. She is playing uh, Mary Sunshine, right? Yeah, and listen, I'm going to talk about this real quick. <laughs> She's doing her best, had a hopper impression. Well, here's the thing it's like we can't have anything totally nice. Uh huh. Because the character of Mary Sunshine in the staged productions. Is played by a man. What? Yep it's a dr- it's a character in drag. Oh, a man always plays Mary Sunshine. That's fun. And I would have really liked to have seen it here, but I get it. It's two thousand two America. Okay, well nut up, Mister. Who would you have picked? I don't really. I mean, I don't really know. It's, <laughs> you just would have preferred it. Yeah, I gotcha. And guys, this is my second favorite song. Well, it's my favorite. So, <laughs> guys, this is we both reached for the gun. Mr. Billy Flynn in the press
1: conference ride. Notice how his mouth never moves. Almost.
3: Where'd you come from? Mississippi. And your parents? Very wealthy. Where are they now? Six feet under. But she was granted one more start. The convent of the sacred heart.
0: Guys, it's this whole ventriloquist motif. Oh, this one's so fun. Because Because it's like, you know... It's like we cu- between the press conference actually happening and then we have inside the Onyx on stage, Billy Flynn with his, you know, straw hat. He's the ventriloquist operating Roxy Hart who's sitting on his lap as a dummy and has little lines on her mouth. <laughs> And, like, the entire press corps is behind him, drawn up by marionette strings. Which he is puppeting. It's so cool! He is quite literally manipulating the media. Like, it's so good. Yeah, he really is rewriting her narrative. It's just a great commentary on how defense attorneys really do have to be the mouthpiece for their ignorant-ass clients, and Billy very much enjoys being the center of attention. And this is their whole defense, right? Is that... They both went after the pistol, and Roxy accidentally shot Fred Casely to death. (laughs) Who's Fred Casely? My ex-boyfriend. Why'd you shoot him? I was leaving. Was he angry?
3: Like a madman. Still, I said, Fred, move along. She knew that she was doing wrong.
1: Then describe
3: it. He came toward me.
1: With the
3: pistol from my bureau. Did you
1: fight him
0: like a tiger? He had strength and she had none. And yet we both reach for the gun. This is also a very technically difficult song to sing because unless you hit every beat and every syllable perfectly, it completely ruins the rhythm. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, they both, oh yes, they both, oh, yes, they both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun, oh yes, they both reach for the gun for the gun. Nice high-five! Yeah. <laughs> Good job! Uh, go queen! And just uh, the little moments between Mary Sunshine and Billy Flynn, understandable, understandable. It's yes, perfectly, perfectly understandable. understandable. It's comprehensible. It's like the media validating, well, your defense seems all right. Maybe we should prejudge this entire thing and say she's innocent, you know? Like. It's also a really dumb defense because I know that ballistics were not an embrace science at this time, but any ballistics expert would be like, there's no way this happened this way. But no, the, the, the public will now be convinced it's not a bit reprehensible. <laughs> it's so defensible. You want to do it with them? Oh, really? Can, can we, though? Oh, yes. Oh,
1: yes. Oh, yes. They both. Oh yes, they both. Oh yes, they both reach for the let me gun, it. the, gun the, the, gun, the, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh yes, they, they both reach for the gun, for the gun. Oh yes oh yes, yes, oh yes, oh yes, yes, oh, yes the they, they both. Oh yes, they both. They, oh yes both. they both. Oh yes, they both reach for oh, yeah, the gun, the, the, the gun, 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 the gun, the gun. Oh yes, they both reach for the gun, for the gun. Got it. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, they both. Oh yes, they both. Oh yes, they both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh yes, they both reach for the gun, for the gun.
0: Yes oh, yes so yes they yes they yes they yes they yes, they scan 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 the gun, the gun. scan That's the most you and I have ever sung during a recording. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so much fun with the puppeting and everything. It's my favorite number, guys. I love it. So the DA is angling to hang Roxy for this murder, mainly as a political talking point because he wants to be governor of Illinois. Mm -hmm. And like, that's Harrison, right? I think that yeah, I think his name is uh, Harrison. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amos is making out like a bandit, making money by showing Roxy's belongings off to the people. Oh my God, guys! She's an instant success after this press conference. She's a star, and she's never even been on the stage. Like, there are Roxy Heart dolls being manufactured. Like I've never seen America so go so nuts for a murderer before. <laughs> Not until O.J. <laughs> this is where she starts thinking about the future, right? Because she's pretty sure that she's gonna get off via Billy's, uh, you know, prowess. Yeah. And so she's starting to conceptualize her own act, which brings us to. Roxy yes no Renee Renee there's just something you've got and Ugh. you do it so well girl the silver rhinestone singlet I can't breathe not to mention what the contrast we'll get later with another outfit I am so excited she looks like a tall glass of ice cold milk like uh. she's stunning under that spotlight And she starts the song off monologuing about her love life on this empty stage, doing almost a comedy queen bit. Yeah, yeah. A little stand-up, like, yeah, my first husband was a dummy and my lover got himself shot, aren't I cute? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Then I met Fred Casely, who said that he could get me into
2: vaudeville. But that didn't quite work out like I planned.
0: I guess it didn't really work out too great for Fred either. I love the bit where she's running by all these mirrors, admiring her own reflection, and then all of those mirrors are pulled up, and all these gorgeous ass men are standing behind them. <sighs> I. What would you give I, to be Roxy? I. Would you rather be Roxy or <laughs> would you rather be the well dressed men? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Welcome to Chicago. I'm Ross McMichael. I will be playing all of the parts. <laughs>
2: Giving up her humdrum life.
1: I'm gonna be singing.
2: Roxy, she made a scandal and a star.
0: Now velma is being put in the oco taco position of having to suck up to roxy dude where's my fame like, yeah no yeah. she has to suck up to roxy to maintain her own level of notoriety billy has forgotten about velma uh, velma who her t- murder trial keeps getting pushed back like can you imagine that like they're 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 numbers at a nightclub. Oh, like you're not popular enough, so you're getting pushed back. I believe the Menendez appeal was pushed off by OJ. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. Oh wow. And fun fact: the Menendez is share a cell right next to OJ Simpson in L.A. County Jail. I wouldn't call that a fun fact, but I get what you're saying. Harry, let's do it. Do what? Let's let's write a musical. <laughs> called Los Angeles. Nope, I'm throwing cold water <laughs> on that. About the Los Angeles murderers of the <laughs> 1980s and 90s. Stop. Oh my God. We're not doing that. <laughs> cold water on that immediately. <laughs> oh, yes, so yes, so yes. They both before <laughs> for the knife. Sorry. Stop. Uh, poor Ron Goldman. <laughs> and Nicole, yeah. And Nicole How Brown. How really dare you. That's awful. So Velma is actually pitching to Roxy that once they're both acquitted, that they start their own nightclub act together, right? Yeah, I know. Cause she can't what, Carrie? She can't do it alone. Uh, this is a great little number for Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like she is serving. I know, I know. It's like it's like we've redu- we've come to this place where Velma is now groveling with a nobody.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Velma. Kelly. My sister and I had an act that couldn't flop My sister and I were headed straight for the top My sister and I earned a vow A week at least Oh yeah But
0: my sister is now unfortunately deceased Velma starts doing, like, both halves of this act, right? She's like, you got to imagine it with two people. It's so much better with two people. Trying to sell it to Roxy. And Roxy is so aware of the power she has right now, making her actually grovel for it. Um, No, her um, her being propelled to instant stardom mm-hmm. over this whole thing, her head is now five miles wider. Yeah! Like... throwing her whole girdle into it because she's out of options. Yeah, no. She, If she can get Roxy to fill this spot, they'd both be set if they were both acquitted. I murdered my sister. I'm looking for a new one. I murdered my husband. Oh, aren't I cute? Yeah, no, like, I, 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 that, I love that that's the way that number ends. So where was the part where you blew her brains
1: out? Okay, Roxy, I'll, I'll level with you.
3: Oh, no, no, no. Don't bother.
1: You think you're fooling me? you're all washed up and it's me they want now and i'm a big star single oh i almost forgot you were in the paper today too in the back
0: with the obituaries that ends with roxy snubbing velma the same way velma snubbed her yeah and i'm like okay roxy like (laughs) i get it like not the pineapple heiress massacre, yeah. um, we just need an excuse <laughs> to put Lucy Lou in here. like Lucy Lou is here as Kitty Baxter, the heiress to a pineapple fortune, like Dole? <laughs> yeah, like Dole. <dull. laughs> she caught her husband in bed with not one, but two women and shot all three of them in bed. It's giving Jessica Lang in murder house, oh no.. Would you- since I, I was sixteen, 16. <laughs> the way Billy is laughing about this story at dinner with other people, they think it's so funny. And we cut to Kitty Baxter being hauled into jail, and the perk wa- the perk walk is happening. Not the perk walk, stop. Not the percocets, <laughs> stop. No, because oh, we have a shiny new murderess, yeah. and murder's been hot in Chicago lately. Sunshine from the evening
1: star.
3: questions
0: to a council. You're not my council. I want my money back. But Billy is literally following the perp walk down Murderous Road. He's like, hey, I can, I, I can represent you if you need me to. He, like, he is forgetting Roxy in the exact same way he just forgot about Velma. Roxy is like pressed up against the bars like, hey, uh, remember me? We both reached toward the guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, The way Velma is just hanging out on the top tier going, now not even J. Edgar Hoover could find your name in the papers. Sick (laughs) reference on main feed. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And then Roxy tells an ugly lie in order to get the spotlight back on her, right? very Kelly Kapoor moment. Oh, stop! <laughs> she falls on the ground. <laughs> and everybody's like, and even Mary Sunshine, oh, Roxy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And she's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone open this door, me! Oh here. my God,
2: Roxy! What is it Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Don't, don't worry about me. Oh, I only hope the fall didn't hurt the baby.
1: Baby? (laughs) Shit.
0: What? (laughs) Everybody's like, the baby? What the fuck is she talking about? A baby? Like, guys, just if any people out there might be thinking about lying about being pregnant, just don't do it. It's not a good idea. It's not. There's an end game that you're not prepared for. You have not thought this through. (laughs) And, like, Amos is in the crowd hearing news of her being pregnant, and he cannot get her attention. It's the line, it's me, I'm here, it's daddy, it's daddy. (laughs) Poor Amos, he can't get her attention and everyone leaves him alone out there and we're going to get the Amos number now. Yeah, this is Mr. Cellophane. Chris Colfer's audition song for Glee? Yes. (laughs) This is the song in every show. That no one likes because it's boring <laughs> Yup This is the song where you can cough <laughs> So everybody gets your coughs out
2: <laughs> Cellophane
1: Mr. Cellophane should I bend my name Mr. Cellophane Cause you can look right through me Walk right by me And never know I'm there.
0: The thing I don't think anybody expected out of this movie, or out of him at the time, because remember, this is 2002, you know, we both know now, in the year of our goddess, 2023, that he's a fabulous performer. But I don't think anybody expected it out of him at that point. I mean, Walk Hard was just a mere five years after this, yeah. so it's so sad him standing on this stage alone, dressed as this Charlie Chaplin clown um, yeah, type. Yeah, no, he doesn't get an audience. It's very artful. Yeah, like, no, there's like three people in this audience, just blank behind the eyes. They're really hitting it home the point of this song. <laughs> A human being's made of more than air
1: With all that bulk you're bound to see him there Unless that human being next to you Is unimpressive Undistinguished You
2: know Who
0: You still here, Andy?
1: Yeah, I'm still here I think
0: convinces Amos that he's not the father of Roxy's child, because he's not, you know? No, because there's no child. Even in a scenario where she was actually pregnant. he The math isn't mathing. You know, and he tells Amos to divorce her, all so Roxy can get more public sympathy mm-hmm. for being left high and dry in the middle of a murder trial. And you know what, God, John C. Riley, when he hits the last note of this song... I have goose pimples. I tell
2: you, cellophane, Mr. Cellophane, should I bend my name, Mr. Cellophane, cause you can look-
0: Right after Mr. Cellophane, Roxy pretty overconfidently fires Billy, thinking she could do this by herself, because she doesn't like how he's running this defense. No. He wants her to wear an ugly dress and be knitting. It's, guys, the, the concerns Roxy has just completely does not send me in the right direction on her character. <laughs> Roxy, you are on trial for murder. <laughs> yeah, like, she's worried about her damn dress. Like, <laughs> she's worried about her star quality. That, listen... This is why Roxy is at the end of the day unhinged. Yeah, she her priorities are messed up. Like she's not, she's not, she's not the best person, guys. <laughs> and this is very poor timing because previously in this narrative, everybody's just been kind of like, oh, Roxy, you'll be fine. They haven't executed a woman in this state for like 40, 50 something years. <laughs>
1: What
2: happened?
1: It's the honey egg. She lost her last appeal. So what's that mean? Well, that means that
0: next week, she's gonna... But now, 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 and this is what I was talking about the sad bit earlier. Remember the Hungarian immigrant woman who was insisting that she's innocent of the murder? Katalin Helensky. Yeah, Katalin Helensky has finally exhausted all of her appeals, meaning that she will finally be hanged for a murder she is maintaining she did not commit. This sequence... is too dark. Because, you know, the band leader is here again presenting Catalan's execution as a disappearing act. She does, she does disappear. She's wearing a tutu on stage in the Onyx and she's climbing up a ladder to a diving board where a noose is hanging down and it's spliced with what's actually happening. And it's so horrible because this woman is sobbing as she's being marched toward the edge of that platform. this scene that I kind of understood what this whole production is going for. Like how true crime makes us all stop and stare with this rubbernecking fascination. It's like a bad car crash. We think we want to look away, but we really don't. No, we're sick, sick puppies. We want to look at the horror. Oh, it's awful. It's one of the worst parts of our culture and Roxy gets scared to death by this whole thing <laughs> so she's like um Billy no I have and a 5, six, seven, eight, we've rehired Billy right yeah cut to her in the mirror wearing that horrific dress that Billy wanted her to wear she's like oh it's not that bad it's not that bad and he's like listen your priorities are so skewed Roxanne I know uh, <laughs> you just called her Roxanne it's her name it is <laughs> I just like this new trend where when a woman is behaving badly in film that you call her by her full name and since we're in a trauma, by media. What have we descended into, Carrie? Razzle-dazzle. Uh, we've descended into a full-blown media circus. Because that's what Billy tells her, right? Like, don't worry, kid.
3: It's all a circus. A three-ring circus. It's all- th- these trials, the whole world, it's- It's all show business. But kid, you're working for the star.
0: I don't really like this number Okay I just feel like it doesn't need to be here Or I just wish musically it was different I wish it was more high energy Like not that it's not high energy But like it's not
3: Give them the old Razzle dazzle Razzle dazzle Give them an act With lots of flash And the reaction Ashen it give on the old
0: hope to you get what I'm saying? Not at all, but I respect your opinion. What do you mean you don't get it? Well, like, there's so many things I love about this scene. What? I don't even know where to begin. I get it, but, like, it's not. I wish it was faster. Like, like I, I mean, the courtroom burlesque set. Billy, the pinstripe suit with the sequence. I know, yeah. That one chorus member dressed as Lady Justice, like, with the scales mm-hmm. and the blindfold across her eyes. Billy pulling the whole Vincent Gambini sight test with the elderly <laughs> neighbor. Great callback to our <laughs> <laughs> First kicking and streaming coverage of My Cousin Vinny. And the chorus girls parading by the jury box with crime scene photos on boards like they're at a wrestling match. <sighs> and Billy manipulating Amos on the stand. Because remember, he told Amos that there was no way he was the father of Roxy's child and he should divorce her for that reason. Yeah. And now he's got him up there saying, you divorced her because you weren't the father, right? And he's like, well, right. Did you ever
3: question Roxy herself? Did you even bother to ask her if you were the father of her child? No, sir. No, no, what? If you became convinced that you were wrong, you'd be mad enough to admit it, wouldn't you? You'd even be willing to take her back if Roxy swore that you were the father of her child, which she does. She does? She does! She does! No more questions!
0: You can step down now. And Billy gestures to the defense table and Roxy's nodding. (laughs) No more questions. Oh my God. There's something about that moment that made me lose my shit. The way he throws his arms out and is like, she does. (laughs) No more questions. Oh, and now Roxy's going to take the stand for her own defense. Which if you know anything about true crime, a defendant taking the stand. It's risky. It's very risky because you're open to cross-examination by the prosecution. Putting her on the lira and lowering her into the witness (laughs) box, like I love that. Rob Marshall, Rob Marshall, Marshall, Rob Marshall! The way Billy is questioning her while he's cheating out to the jury to make sure they can see her stockings and see her crying. Oh my God! The way they all—the way they all snap their necks when she flashes them a little leg. <laughs> She's trying to tell this lie about what happened the night of the murder—that she told Fred that she was pregnant with Amos's baby, and Fred flew into a rage. But the thing is, Roxy literally can't remember her lines. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think Roxy's so talented. <laughs> she wants to be on the stage so bad. Now, what is she going to do when she chokes the way they're, the eye contact she and Billy are making? And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Line? What's ne- li- he asked for a line. Like, <laughs> like in a, a play? play?
3: What did Casely say when you told him the news?
2: I'll kill you before I see you have another man's child.
3: Could you tell the audience, the jury, what happened next?
2: Well, in his passion, he he tore off my robe and he threw me
1: on the bed, and, and and Mr. Hart's pistol was lying there between us. And then? And then
0: we both reached for the gun, but I got it first. Can you tell the audience, um, the jury, what happened next? <laughs> that makes me bust. <laughs> over there practically mouthing the words of her testimony. It's perfect. As she's saying it, <laughs> he is whispering it to himself at the same time. And the way she becomes hysterical on the stand and faints. I close my eyes
1: and I shut. In defense of your life. To save my husband's
2: innocent unborn child. <sighs> <sighs>
0: A bullseye, huh? Bullseye, right? <laughs> oh, my oh my god! god. <laughs> Meanwhile, Velma and Mama are listening to Mary Sunshine's like literal play by play on the radio. And Velma's getting more and more upset that Roxy is stealing her limelight. And Mama is upset that she's not seeing any of the returns for Roxy getting to this point. Yeah. So they've schemed a bit. You know? Yeah, no, a, li- a bit. Yeah. Mama has stolen Roxy's diary from her cell, and is going to turn it over to the prosecution in exchange for Velma getting amnesty in her own case. Two things. Number one, how are they just allowed to do that? Don't you have to have evidence all established before beginning a trial? There are special circumstances under which new evidence can be admitted at the moment. Like making a murderer, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, second thing. This is just calling back to earlier. Are there women in the jury box? No, there are not. Are you sure? I'm I pretty... thought maybe I saw some. I don't think there are at all. Because that it's... would be stupid, right? Yeah, it's all white women men. don't vote, like not yet, or like they just got the right to vote, yeah, you know? Yeah, like... no. So no, I don't think there's any women in the jury box. Cut to Velma Kelly taking the stand <laughs> when she walks in, and like everybody gets super nervous, <laughs> <laughs> and like she's doing a dramatic reading. Of Roxy's diary entry recounting the murder. What a laugh. Plug in Fred Casely. The big baboon had it coming.
1: I'm just sorry I only got to kill him once.
0: I never wrote that. You! Hey, she made that
2: murder! She made that
0: my favorite thing is after she's done reading it, the way Roxy just stands up and goes, she is lying. She literally points. She made that up. She made that up. <laughs> and then we have the band leader again, because now, <laughs> now Billy is going to have to fix this because this is rather incriminating evidence, right? Yeah. And the band leader goes,
1: ladies and gentlemen,
0: a tap dance.
3: Tell me, Miss Kelly, did you make a deal with Mr. Harrison? Maybe to drop all charges against you in exchange for testifying
0: here today? Well, sure, I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> Literally the idea of a defense lawyer having to tap dance around a surprise piece of evidence. So here's the thing, I gotta give it up to this folly artist that tapped over Bill, uh, over Richard Gear because he definitely isn't doing his own tap dancing. Actually, Ross... He is. He took three months of tap dancing lessons. Richard Gere is actually doing his own tap dancing. Richard, you just get hotter and hotter as it goes (laughs) along. I love this bit because as he's tap dancing in the Onyx, it's cutting back and forth between him and the courtroom, and he's having Velma read another passage from this diary. And like you said, this passage has a lot of big words... And what I think Billy is really going for here is that the way these passages are written, it doesn't match Roxy's pattern of writing or speaking in any way. Not this dumb blonde woman. She didn't write all those big words. (laughs) Not with her small arms. Not with a tiny, tiny brain. And he turns it around on the prosecutor, Mr. Harrison. No, it is not even conceivable. But, But if it were,
3: wouldn't it be time to say, Come clean, Mr. Harrison, come clean. Even in Chicago, this kind of corruption cannot stand... There. Enough, Flynn.
0: I agree, it the defense rests. And I guess he sowed enough reasonable doubt because the verdict is in. And I swear to God, it's just like the OJ verdict. The world has stopped right? Yeah. Everyone's standing around their radios waiting for the verdict to be read. Mary Sunshine reporting on the radio from inside the courtroom. There are newsies standing by in truck beds with two sets of printed newspapers, guilty or innocent. Wow. So that the moment the verdict is read, they can start throwing them out in the streets. And it's not guilty. (sighs) And guys, as soon as the verdict is written. As soon as the verdict is written. A very Roxy-ish looking woman shoots people dead on the steps of the courthouse this was another woman who was also getting ready to be on trial for the murder of her husband, and she's already shot the husband, and now she shot her lawyer on the courthouse steps, the most dangerous place you could be scanning. Woman, why? <laughs> oh, How no. could you? Guys, the way no one cares about Roxy immediately. Oh, the press corps immediately empties the courthouse to go photograph the, the crime scene. Roxy, Roxy, don't any of you want to take my photograph? <laughs> Where are you all going? And Billy's just got his feet crossed on the desk like, isn't it great? I got you off. And she's like, well, no, no, no. I was depending on this fame to bolster my career. Oh, my God, Roxy. He literally just got away with murder. And he's like, get over it, kid.
3: I just saved your life.
0: Yeah, and you got $5,000. And what do I get? I get nothing?
3: Five? Actually, it's 10 once I collect from Velma.
1: I get nothing?
3: Mm. Oh, right, don't forget your blessed diary. Hope you don't mind. I added a few... Erroneous phrases in there.
0: He admits to fabricating the evidence in her diary. Oh, he threw the phone down. He is something else. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. You're so frustrated. You're like, he's so hot, but so slimy. I am on my knees. Like, <laughs> For the slimy th- lawyer. is so hot the way he just got her off. Can he get me off? Stop. Now? Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely not. Can you get me off? Then Amos... Is sitting there. Hi. <laughs> Cause he thinks this kid is his, and he thinks that she's gonna want to be back with him, and she is upset at the sight of the of him. What about the baby?
2: And the baby?
0: Baby? What baby? Oh
1: Jesus! What do you take me for? There ain't no baby.
2: There ain't no baby.
0: I'm just I just poor she's looking out the window of the courthouse. I love all of the close-up shots of her eyes. We literally begin with one and end with one like Why didn't they want to take my picture? Why didn't they want to take my picture? Roxy, sweetheart! <laughs> Has this really all been about being on the stage? You didn't even try. Not once. You expected everyone else to help you get there and do it for you. And now that people have yeah. It's still not enough. I uh, She's not seeing the good fortune through the flash bulbs. I swear. And so this takes us into nowadays. Again, we have Roxy in the Onyx on an empty stage. Ross, I have one question. What is holding her in this little black dress? Because it seems to be nothing. Like her body? Her- <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean? I, like what? I don't know. I don't. I. I, I, I you ah. just. You're just trying to get the dress off of her. Stop. And you can't. It's frustrating. You. I love the contrast between this dress and the the white one. I know. Yeah, I know. Because now things are not looking so white for her are they like roxy is trying to get into show business but it's not going great she's auditioning in these shitty little piano bars when she's on that stage in that empty bar and those two producers are listening to her sing like hey didn't she kill a guy yeah a while back (laughs) like oh laura bush killed a guy stop isn't it grand isn't
1: that's great. We'll be in touch.
2: You know I'm not quite finished yet. I have a I have Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait,
2: wait. Um I could uh Just a second. I'm
0: not Cut damn it. Thank you. And Velma after they leave, Velma is waiting at the back of the theater and she looks at Roxy and she's like, "You know what, girl? we should combine forces yeah yeah because like i mean nowadays Mary murderesses are like a dime a dozen <laughs> and like she's like you know what with our powers combined we could actually put on a good show and roxy's just like i would rather compete in a razor eating contest <laughs> we can make a couple of hundred a week
1: think about it roxy our faces back in the papers, our names on their marquee—Velma Kelly and Roxy Hart. Forget it. It'll never work. Why not? Because I hate you. There's only one business in the world where that's no
0: problem at all. And of course. <laughs> this, <laughs> this comes right nah, together. together. Nah, 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 nah. <sad singing> the Chicago Theater. We've been to the Chicago Theater. We have. Oh, yeah. uh, we, did. we saw John Mulaney there. We did. Live. Pre-rehab. Yeah. Or at least pre-second rehab. The good old days. Oh, God. Sorry. We so we love you, John. <laughs> and this takes us into the Nowadays Reprise and the Hot Honey Rag. It's, it's my second fave. Like, Ross, the white outfits are everything because it's it's come to full fruition it's not been a struggle they were right about this them being a duo is pulling in all of the box office sales ladies and gentlemen the
1: chicago theater is proud to announce a first
0: the first time anywhere
3: there's been an act of this nation not only one little lady but two You've read about them in the papers, and now here they are,
2: Chicago's own killer-dillers, those scintillating sinners, Roxy Hart and Val McKellie.
0: Carrie, I have a question. What? Isn't it good? Isn't it grand? Isn't it great? Isn't it swell? Those were actually four questions. <laughs> but isn't it fun? I think the answer to all of those questions is yes! Uh, isn't it? They are both serving! But the thing is, Carrie, nothing stays. Because in 50 years or so, it's all gonna change, you know? But all is heaven nowadays. Okay. No! <laughs> uh, days. Okay, you babes of jazz, let's pick up the pace. Let's make the skirts longer and the party shorter. Other way around. <laughs> let's all go to hell in a fast car and keep it hot! The giant background of flashballs. It's the <laughs> vroom and the <laughs> Mm Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta Jones are like back and forth across that stage. It's incredible. This whole this whole number, it's just so good. The Fedora and Tommy gun props. They're de- this is fossy, fossy, fossy. Masha Graham, Masha Graham, Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> no. <laughs> the guns. The machine guns? When they pretend to fire at the background of lights and shoot out all the bulbs except the ones lighting up their names, can it get gayer? Velma and Roxy. Me and Roxy. I can't believe this is how this movie ends. We've learned nothing. We've learned nothing. Be gay. (laughs) Do crime. (laughs) Believe us, we could not have done it without you. Yeah, guys, there's not a lot of message here. All it—it's th- literally just here to be glitzy, and that's Candraneb. Yeah, like, the same thing happens in Cabaret. I there's know. hardly any message. It's literally just a vehicle to put together great numbers, and like, I love musicals like that. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of critical of musicals where there's no real plot. It's all about the singing and dancing, which I know is incredibly the antithesis of what you would expect me to say. Uh-huh. But I hate shows like Oklahoma or Music Man where like the plot is so thin and it's just about the musical numbers Bye Bye Birdie Bye Bye Birdie (laughs) what the hell is Bye Bye Birdie (laughs) Bye Bye Birdie I can't listen to it. We don't need it. But this is not the case here. There is a good plot here. I just think I would have liked a bigger number there at the end, but them both going out in a flash of white glory also makes sense for me. I mean, it's this this film adaptation isn't the birth of this, but it's like the reinforcement of this new Millennium movie musical adaptation that we've come to know and love. Because we love hairspray. Mm -hmm. And before Hairspray was the success that it was, Chicago was that piece, you know, mm-hmm. for that five-year stint. Like, you know, Moulin Rouge Ugh. and 8 Mile and The Producers and Rent and Dreamgirls and Phantom of the Opera, Sweeney Todd and Mama Mia and Les Mis and Rock of Ages, they all just started coming, you know? Like,
2: <laughs>
0: this kind of, it didn't, it didn't open the door per se, but it had its big foot in it, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you had to take any real meaning away from this narrative... The only thing I would say is... Be gay, do crime. No. Uh, no, no. Not, not, re- no. Be Fosse, do crime? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say just, guys, as a culture, we've got to temper our interest in true crime. We've got to, because the way we are all salivating for it, it just creates this demand for salacious, over-dramatized adaptations of factual crimes that everybody in Hollywood knows we will rubberneck for Jesus for... (laughs) Like, okay, he's hmm because he doesn't yeah, really... Reaching, yeah. I don't think it's reaching. I do not think that's the message from Chicago, but I I'm understand. saying if you had to take anything away from it. Yeah, no, yeah. If you had to take anything away from it, guys, just don't rubberneck so much about other people's misfortune. It's not a good color on us as a human race. But we have to make sense of the horrible happenings. Well, we don't have to do it with theater, okay? Why not? <laughs> Okay, Lincoln. Let that be it. Let that be the way we introduce it. <laughs> 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 Guys, she literally looked around the mic and went, "Okay, Lincoln." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you haven't guessed, it's it's July. <laughs> <laughs> it's July and next. Next Monday is the third of July. And, uh, Ross, Ross just really had to get an emotional fave in here. Ah, uh, guys, we're gonna be doing a doozy for you. We're doing Steven Spielberg's 2012, uh, masterpiece? Oh, no. no. it's not a masterpiece. We're doing... Spe... Sp- Sp- Steven Spielberg. We're-, <laughs> we're doing Steven Spielberg's 2012 great movie, Lincoln, starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Sally Field. But it's gonna be a two-parter, guys. We haven't done a two-parter in a while. Not since they missed. Yeah. And a whole six months. It's, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been half a year since our last... That's two-parter. In the meantime, guys, you can go follow us on Twitter at kickandstream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to convince Carrie to just let us record this part of the podcast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Mom. Mom. Bye, gays. See you next <laughs> June. This is the only time we're alive. I <laughs> do